You are listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. I'm alongside Gavin Stewart today in the studio, and we're talking to Cassidy Lackey, who is the Community Development Coordinator for the City of Belmont. She's talking to us about the big concert they've got coming up here in a couple weeks, the Soundtracks Music Festival, with headlining band, Marshall Tucker Band. Welcome back to another edition of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb alongside Gavin Stewart, and we're talking today with Cassidy Lackey, who is the Community Development Coordinator for the City of Belmont, and she's going to be talking to us today about uh, something really exciting that they've got coming up here in just a couple weeks, uh, the Soundtracks Music Festival. So, Cassidy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about just kind of where the idea for Soundtracks first came from before we get into the exciting lineup that you guys have. Yeah, sure. So... Part of this came out of, um, we have a nonprofit arm of our Main Street program called the Downtown Belmont Development Association. So that's the group that hosts the Friday Night Live concerts that we typically have in the summer, as well as our annual Christmas Village event. So back in 2021, I don't know if you guys recall, we had an event called Moonlight on Main. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a brainchild, if you will, of of the DBDA. And a large success, right? We like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But... We are always looking to, we as an organization, Main Street DBDA combination, um, we are always looking for ways to elevate art and culture in Belmont. That's been a focus of theirs for the last couple of years. And so after Moonlight on Main, the question we kept getting was, well, what's next? Mm. What's your next Moonlight on Main? And granted, that was a three-week event, so we were a little um, hesitant to say, yeah, we're going to plan the next one right away. Right. (laughs) Um, So our tourism board our local Belmont Tourism Mm -hmm. Development Authority approached us and with the same question. And they said, well, we've got funding that obviously we need to pour into tourism initiatives. What do you guys have in mind? And so our board um, and committees and all of our volunteers, which everybody involved in the DBDA is a volunteer, I should mention, um, went to work brainstorming. And they said, well, we've done art. We have plein air. Mm-hmm. Um, the competition that we host as part of our Garibaldi Festival every, right. well, I say every year for two years now, um, which has been a success. We are always looking at implementing public art. We're working on murals. So they said, well, let's up the ante on the music front. And so we, as staff, went to our connection with a booking agency that we use and said, well, okay, here's kind of the funds we're working with, and this is sort of our date range. What can you put together for us that's got a little bit more name recognition on the music front and we landed on Marshall Tucker band. So that's the real basic way that it came about. I mean, when you're talking about name recognition, I mean, for anybody that has followed country music at all, I mean, they're legends of, of country music for sure. Yes. Yeah. And Southern rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we've noticed with our Friday Night Live concert series, Unsurprisingly, in Gaston County, those two genres do well at drawing good attendance. So we thought that that would be uh, something that the community would respond to. Yeah. Was that a, like, did did you go for them out of the gate, or was it kind of, well, we're going to pick a date and we're going to see who's available? Or was it like you guys decided this is who we want to target and then we've got to kind of build the event around them? We knew the genre that we wanted to target, and we had a couple folks that had them in mind. Hmm. So it was good that it worked out that way. Um, but we were at least traveling down that genre path. Yeah. They've, I mean, they've had a very successful career and I know, um, 
a lot of times you'll you'll find them sort of wind down as the you know because a lot of their popular listeners you know maybe not as round and you know around anymore, but um, are they known for coming to towns and music festivals nowadays like of this size? Is that it seems like it, and I think based on the schedule that we had looked at, we may be one of the smaller venues that they're okay. performing for. Um, it just so happened that their schedules lined up. Um, wow. I don't think it was really, really open, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're able to just kind of squeeze in there and in, be- in between a couple of the dates. Yeah. I would say there's still demand. These are, yeah. I mean, these are really cool ways to see popular artists because once they get to that smaller stage, like what you mentioned, it can be very nostalgic for, for those folks. And that, that'll be a really good time. Mm-hmm. And to kind of compliment that, the opener, or one of the openers, I should say, is Ben Chapman, which, um, Marshall Tucker band specifically, I don't know if you've paid attention to our Facebook page or not, but Doug Gray is all about some Ben Chapman. Yeah. He likes to comment and post about it when we post, um, but he's up and coming in that country scene. And so we were really excited to kind of bookend your, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, I mean, legends, your long, really. longstanding yeah. Yeah, yeah. popularity with somebody up and coming to kind of hit the whole age range. Yeah. And Ben was the one from Nashville? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Remind us who the opening act is. Today's Yesterday Band. Okay. Um, so they're actually out of Alabama, but in that same genre as well. Yeah. Wait, isn't that where Marsh Tucker Band is from? Alabama? I thought they were from upstate South Carolina. Maybe that's what, yeah. I mean, Don't well, we know me. that they're Southern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, all that counts. They're, yeah. They're, their heart is here in the South. So yeah. that's awesome. Very cool. So it seemed like, because you had kind of two levels of tickets for the event, the VIP tickets seemed like they sold out really quickly. In under two hours. That's even wow. quicker than I realized. That's wow. That's like that's like Ticketmaster level. <laughs> well, there were 250 available, so it wasn't thousands upon thousands. But yeah, we but still, were pleasantly surprised yeah. at yeah. the response to that. What? So the general admission tickets are the ones that are still available. Yes. Are you capping that at any number? Or? Yes. Okay. So we, you know, have done all of our due diligence and cross T's and dotted I's with permitting and restrictions and capacity, and um, so we are selling 5,000 in total of the general admission tickets. Okay. Wow. Are you able to say at this point kind of how many you still have available? I mean, do you feel like this is a, you're almost out or do you, are there still a good number of tickets available? We still have a good number available. I'd okay. say definitely at least um, 3,000 okay. are left on the books. And I'm sure, I'm sure as it gets closer and people start figuring out their weekends, you're going to, you're going to probably see a little uptick there toward the actual date. Yeah. That's, that's our assumption. Goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just, Curious to know if you know, uh, is this possibly one of the largest concerts that's ever come to Gaston County? I mean, this seems very large. To my knowledge, I would say yes, but I've I mean, only even lived here two... five or six years, so there's that to throw in the mix as well. Well, I know you said 5,000 capacity, but I still can't think of another like show that may have happened here in the past, even before I was born, where more than 2,000 people would have come to the area to see like a famous band. I, I know years ago, and I don't remember if the Rotary was involved at this point, but Gastonia's concert series, they brought in Mother's Finest, which is a, they're a big funk, yeah, they're a funk band, and they were, they had a very successful career, and they're one of those who have now, like, they're they're more readily available for those smaller concerts, and that's the last one I remember, and there were hundreds of people there, but I don't think there was 2,000, and that's, really? yeah, um, but that was probably whenever I was a child, that was, I don't know, somewhere early 2010, so... Marshall Tucker and 
you know, 5,000 tickets available. I mean, that's going to, I have a feeling that will bring a lot of folks from the surrounding area here, you know, and possibly even farther than that for diehard fans. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we hope so. You know, especially since our tourism authority is kicking in some funds. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's our goal. goal. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're not hoping, you know, just to have people from Belmont come out or even people from Gaston County. It's like, hey, we want to get anybody from the region to come out and this is a chance for you guys to put your best foot forward. Exactly. And yeah. along those lines, if I if I read kind of what was on the website correctly, you've got the whole concert, you've got the two different opening acts, you've got Marshall Tucker Band, but really you're trying to make it a whole day in terms of like trying to get people to come out, enjoy the restaurants, enjoy the shops in Belmont, and there may even be some live music at some of the restaurants even before the, the concert starts, right? Yes. Um, so being what we hope the first annual of this event, um, we have been reaching out to our businesses because a lot of them do already host live music on a regular basis. So we want to start building towards that where it becomes more of an all day event. Mm. Um, so we want to get those on board that we can this year to have some live music earlier in the day. So folks are coming in and just like you said, patronizing our businesses and um, making a positive impact on our community. Well, it seems like, you know, we, we've interviewed some musicians that have been playing, you know, Nelly Southern Kitchen or, or um, Primal over in Belmont. And it's, it seems like they're, they're just there are a number of spots in Belmont to, to go and check out some good live music. Yeah, certainly. Um, even Frankie Jonas, yep. you know, was at Nelly's just a couple of weeks ago, which was a bit of a surprise. So you just never know. Wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. What else do people need to know about the event? So if they're getting if they're getting tickets, um, uh, where should they be looking in terms of getting information about parking? Um, are you guys going to have kind of food trucks or vendors there on site? Yes and yes. Um, we do have, we'll have plenty of food on site. Um, on our website, downtownbelmont.org is where everybody can go to A, purchase tickets, B, look at our FAQ section that'll tell you everything you need to know for a day of. Um, we'll have parking maps. Uh, we're going to plan for shuttling folks in because, you know, downtown Belmont is, have an abundance of parking available <laughs> for folks. Right. Um, so we want to abate that issue as much as we can with shuttle services and things of that nature. Um, so all of that will be on the website and folks can go find it there. Um, and that's the logistics side of things. I would be remiss if I didn't really mention our platform that we're really trying to work towards with this event. Um we have decided, well, didn't decide to. Um, we are working towards partnering with Care My Health. So all of the funds from beverage sale tips, and then folks can go when they're purchasing a ticket as well to make a donation. All of those funds will go towards um, providing cancer services for those in need in Gaston County. That's awesome. Um, so we are, through that funding, two, I believe, two days worth of the Big Pink Bus from Caremont parking somewhere in the community to provide mammogram services for those in need. Hmm. Um, so we're really trying to push that partnership. Um, Caremont is working with us on that, obviously. Um, but, you know, to provide more of a, um, more of a positive impact to the community and not just in the arts and culture front. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. Did, did um, is that is that a model that you're wanting to replicate for future events too? Like have Caremount, you know, continue to come out in the community? Yeah, we'd like to. Um, you got to see how things work out and benefit everybody. Sure. Um, but we do hope to have that philanthropic element to the event year after year because the DBDA is all about downtown Belmont and how they can improve in all aspects and all the funds that they raise go back directly into the community. Normally you see it more from a, we're providing grants to 
businesses, uh, the back to school supply drive that they do most years, um, always putting funds towards art and culture. Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're always just looking for more ways to impact the community. What are some of the things that you guys did or have been doing a summer concert series, obviously, and you've done that for several years. Um, in terms of shows that you've had, have there been any that have compared to trying to have, you know, about a 5,000 person concert? Yes. Um, in some ways, maybe not quite to that effect. Um, but we have had the group 20 round, which is a Zach Brown cover band. Mm -hmm. Um, we've had them multiple years and they bring a really big turnout. Um, incidentally, our 4th of July event, the red, white and Belmont that we hold each year, I think that may have more to do with the fireworks, but we do obviously feature a band for that. We've had um, pretty heavy turnouts for those based on some of our foot traffic data that we've gotten. Some of those have been upwards of 6,000 folks. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you at least have a, a good idea of what to expect in terms of getting people in and out and not having it be like too chaotic when it comes to parking and just, you know, a lot of people on one site. Yeah, we hope so. Um, this being the first ticketed event that we've done, so there will be you know, a fenced-in area for ticket holders. Um, we're making a lot of extra logistical plans for that, but sure. um, limiting it to 5,000 plus the VIP area is sort of our effort to have the event have a big impact, but, you know, not make folks feel like they're not having an enjoyable experience because there's too many people for in sure. the area. <laughs> that totally makes sense. And I know you talked about, like, FAQs for, for the website, but are people able to bring, like, folding chairs for the for the lawn or is it like blankets only or yeah um so for the vip tickets which we think we hope there may be an opportunity to release just a couple more a smaller batch uh, based on sponsorship availability there's that tease out there folks (laughs) um so once all of our sponsorships are secured and the bands that are performing have all of their requests in Mm -hmm. um if we can we can release another small batch of that so that area has seating provided access to a, a private beer garden and restroom area. Nice. So then the VIP section, we do encourage folks to bring their chairs, bring their blankets, all of that stuff, uh, because it will be sort of a lawn seating atmosphere, like gotcha. most of our Friday Night Live concerts. Um, but there will be plenty of restroom, food, and beverage availability for that area as well. Cool. Good deal. Do you, um, so I think I read that this is taking place uh on the upper field, right? Kind of like yes. Friday. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So I'm envisioning this. It's going to f- feel a lot like, I-, I know Belmont has done ticketed style events before, but just uh, you m- mentioned like a gate. It's going to feel very, I don't know. I'm like, I can imagine it in my head and I don't think I've seen it before in Belmont, you know, something of this size, like I've said. And um, I don't know. It just seems like the city is probably pretty excited to, Give it a shot. Um, is there anything, I mean, have you had a, to learn a little bit about concerts, like more than you've you've had to so far? Because obviously this is probably the most popular band you've had to do, and then you're adding the tickets on top. So has there been like a learning curve? A bit, yeah. And, you know, hopefully not too much of that, but most of it I'm sure we'll show day of. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we are. So anytime that we really try to up the ante and bring in more popular groups um we learn a little bit more on the back end the hospitality side for the groups and what they require right. so this is requiring yeah. a bigger stage than we normally bring in a different group doing uh, sound and production and you know mm. we're bringing in folks doing 
the fencing and all of the restroom trailers that we're going to have, not Porta John's. There right. will be some, but we'll have those nice AC restroom there trailers again. Oh, cool. Um, that was a happy change for us at this Friday Night Live series. Um, but in addition to that, yeah, we're having to figure out ticketing, truly, because the last event that we did that was ticketed was with Moonlight on Main, and that was 500 people. Yeah. What I would like to see, I guess, from this, and, and that's why I was asking, was to, it would be nice to, you know, if, if this becomes a su- success, which I'm absolutely sure it will be, um, that it kind of becomes the benchmark for not only Belmont, but maybe some of the other communities that we have here, especially Gastonia uh, or anyone of that size um, who's able to put it on due to the support that they have. And it would be nice to, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some other vans off the top of my head from from that era, but it would be, um, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind being able to hop around to the different, you know, festivals and, and concerts that our towns are providing. So um, you know, obviously wish y'all the best, but I would, I would love to see more of this, not just in Belmont, but elsewhere. Um, and hopefully this will be a good model. Yeah, absolutely. And we hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that support you mentioned is an integral part of it. We couldn't do it without a lot of the partners that we have. So we are very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and anything that you can do to provide your community something to engage in is really going to elevate that quality of life. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's, what all municipalities, I think, hope to do for their citizenry. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like one of those things where, you know, they're from the standpoint of like land, like Belmont's kind of landlocked by the river and by the surrounding communities. And so it's not like Belmont's ever going to be the city of, you know, 200,000 people. It's just, it's going to be, it'll grow, but it's not going to, it's not going to be crazy big, but, you know, bringing in kind of what Gavin was saying, events like this kind of shows like Belmont's really putting itself on the map. We hope so. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Um, hopefully we don't ever top out on our ability to provide new and better. But um, we like to keep making strides in that direction regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Do you imagine that you might do some more music festivals specifically? Or do you think like your Moonlight on Main, you might might make a different, I don't know, strategy for the next big event? It really depends. Um, you know, obviously we're trying to set us up. So we've been successful at both. Um, so it just kind of depends on our board and the ideas that they can come up with. I shouldn't just say our board, our boarding committees, all of our volunteers, mm-hmm. um, we're a volunteer driven program. So we very heavily rely on them, their support, their ideas, their time and talents. Um, but our board, you know, what the city is interested in doing, what our tourism authority is interested in doing, we're always collaborating with so many different groups just to figure out what's best and what will most benefit the community from an entertainment and enjoyment perspective. And then if we can have that philanthropic impact as well. Yeah. Well, maybe Adam or, or even myself, we can reach out and kind of do a follow up and figure out just how well it, it went and, um, and then see where, where y'all are going to head next. I think that'll be really fun. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Cool. Well, Cassidy Lackey from City of Belmont, Community Development Coordinator, we appreciate you coming in, talking with us. We wish you the best of uh, luck and success with Soundtracks. And one more time for the listeners, Soundtracks is Saturday, September 30th? Yes. And, I mean, the concert itself starts at 6 p.m.? Gates will open at 5, DJ at 5.30, and then band subsequently after. So if you're if you're trying to get there and enjoy the show, you probably don't want to get there right at six. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Cassidy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. Hope to see you guys out there. Absolutely.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. It's produced by the Gaston County Communications Office with hosts Janet Schaefer, D'Andrea Bradley, Elizabeth McGee, and Adam Gobb. Joshua Braswell serves as executive producer, and Gavin Stewart serves as field reporter and producer. Please like us and share reviews on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts.